Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new exciting episode of the Get Geek. I got to start it again. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep rolling. Keep going. That was... That was a tongue twister there. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Keep it. Keep it. All right, all right, all right. Guys, I'm going to make it simple. This is the Get Geek Podcast, guys. Hi. How are you guys doing? What is going on with me yeah. today? Hi. 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 I think it's the you know topic. what You know what it is? Yeah, exactly. I think AJ is completely 100% right. I think the reason why I'm screwing up so badly is the topic that we have this morning. Um, it's a, is it a glitch? Is it a glitch yeah. in the wall? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There is a glitch. You know what I'm saying? A, yeah, glitch in the, a glitch in the wall tricks. We are going to be talking the Matrix Resurrection um, and what exactly happened to that film. That's, that's our topic for today. But before we get into that, I just want to say hi i am your host walt and i am joined here by our get geekers at large we've got jose gabe and aj What's up? eli is off today because well he's got homework so um he's literally on assignments yeah he is so just just before we start please guys remember to rate review and subscribe to this wonderful little podcast that you guys listen to and please make please. sure to tell all your friends um, glitch in the matrix, glitch in Walt. That's what we're talking about. Because boy, was that movie glitchy, right, guys? Glitch in the matrix. It was. It was. What do we even? I thought it had a computer virus. What are you talking about? <laughs> so clearly, as 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 you guys realize, we're talking about the Matrix Resurrections, and we're gonna obviously, and I think that we've already touched on this in the last episode. We already know what. AJ really thinks about the film and, and certain scenes and stuff like that. So you're going to hear us rant about it, hear us uh, kind of complain a lot about it. But we're also just trying to trying to break down what went wrong. We want to know exactly what we think, at least from our perspective, uh, what we think went wrong with the film. Um, and and even from some perspectives, what, what went right with the film. And I think I might surprise you guys with uh, what I think went right with the film. Um, but... Uh, but why don't we why don't why don't we go ahead and, and and just discuss you know what do you guys think as far as like if you guys can pinpoint why don't we start off like this if you guys can pinpoint one thing just one thing okay of the many that you think <laughs> what was like the like the worst scene or the worst moment of the film for you mm. and yeah, again I want to start with AJ if we can Ooh, I want to okay. start with AJ I know that we already went with the whole like Walking Dead zombie apocalypse you know, uh, kamikaze off the building jumping scene, which totally didn't make any sense. Um, but uh, do you have any other moments that you absolutely hated and despised? And, oh, man, I'm using way too many adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I really can't just get away from that whole kamikaze scene. Like, it's really hard. That was, like, so terrible and tasteless in my opinion that I just have to simply say that it was tasteless and terrible <laughs> but even aside from that because we're gonna do something that's not that I think the way they tossed uh, the Merovingian and those fringe dudes to the side oh, was pretty terrible also cringe. Yeah, like I, I would have thought if anyone were to thrive in, like, this new world order, it'd be him. But, like, nah, he's just a ruffian hobo. Yeah, because he's yeah. the master of secrets, master of information, and everybody's on social media. I mean, that is perfect for him, right? Yeah. So, I want to touch on that a little bit later, actually. I feel like the Merovingian represents a certain um, aspect of the film, and I'll, and I'll come back to that. 
I'll come back to that. Didn't he say he survived like six iterations, prior iterations of the Matrix, and like this is the one that does him in, the one with like TikTok and like yeah, you know, like MySpace God. and whatever. Like that's actually that's a, little, a little shameful. I agree with AJ on that one. It's like well, he wasn't my favorite character, and he was a little bit like of obviously a silly ranter in in the previous movies from at times. But he had That's potential. So good, though. He had potential. Like he had potential. Like AJ said, I think. I thought he was great. Movie. He was one of my favorite parts of the uh, sequel trilogy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he was good. Like I said, I, he had moments for me where it got a little silly. But like, I thought that there was great potential here, and and I agree with AJ. There's some lost potential in that character. Um, well, yeah. Hold on. All right. Um, moments. Yeah, I'll I'll give I'll let this I'll let Jose. Yeah, I was gonna say I've I've been I've been sipping my coffee suggestively like like Kermit the Frog for a few seconds (laughs) to kind of indicate that I wanted to to throw some salt on this movie. Um, so the actually unfortunately I'm really sad that I have to say this, but like my least favorite scene in the movie is the big finale with Neil Patrick Harris, and the reason that I'm upset that I have to say that is because I love Neil Patrick Harris. He's friggin' awesome. He's funny. He's a good actor. He just, I don't think, was really suited for this particular role. Um, and I, the reason kind of why, among many reasons why I could probably cite that I didn't like that scene was, I mean, that that moment is, is pretty simple to cite where he's like, oh, I'm using this technique that you invented against you now, bullet time. Bullet time is like my weapon to stop you. And like slowing down time, it's like it was like some weird like Dragon Ball Super like hit logic that that yeah. allowed him to use this. And in like it doesn't make sense in the first place if you think about it, because it's not like Matrix or excuse me, it's not like uh, Neo invented bullet time. Bullet time was the filming technique used to show how fast he was going, you know, and that he could dodge bullets. It wasn't that he was actually slowing down time or manipulating time. So I found it to be even more contrived and silly because of that. The whole the whole speech I thought was kind of silly, but like we can we can get into that in more detail after I guess I'll let Walt kind of maybe name your scene that was was one of your least favorites. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> scene. You want just one scene because yeah, we're doing one scene. One right? scene or one thing. One, one scene or one thing for now. Okay. Moment. One, one, That's how we're one starting. Thing I, one thing I can do because there is so many things that went wrong with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you know, and we were we were watching a video right before we started recording. Um, there, there was an implication by the the author of that video that the film was actively trolling itself and was bad on purpose. And we can get into that a little bit later, but one of the, one of the things that they did, one of the things that I saw um, in the honest trailer version of this thing was, was the fact that Neo is not the fighter that he was in the previous movies. And that to me is kind of a shame because you literally have John Wick there, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. And and well, the and the thing about it is alive, right? right? Right. Exactly. And the, and the thing He's about American it in the first was. in the first Matrix, um, you he wasn't as an accomplished action star, and yet he found a way to make the scenes work. And you can tell because you know what the fight scenes were kind of a little bit wonky when it came to Keanu Reeves. But you know what. In the interim, I believe he's what a, a blue belt in jujitsu right now, right? Something like that. Yeah, I mean he's he's, yeah, he's, he's, up he's, there, he's, he's been training he's up jujitsu there. for 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 a long long time. So he has right, and, and you see, expertise. yeah, and you see a lot of the action scenes that he does in John Wick. So he's fully capable of doing it. Yeah, I've and seen like saw seen glimpses of, the, of it recent behind the scenes stuff of John Wick four like filming where yeah, he's yeah, still yeah. moving really really well. Exactly, yeah. and so you saw a glimpse of it glimpses of it in the film but then at the very end we go to the whole force push type of thing which which kind of listen it's not his best look in doing it you know what i'm saying and it's a shame that you know we've relegated neo 
to being a force pusher. And that's pretty much all he did, especially in the back half of that film. So, you know, it, yeah. that to me, again, is a wasted opportunity because you had so much potential to do some very interesting things in terms of fight choreography. And you chose not to. Yeah. So I wanted to see yeah. like ultra. I think, I think that there's a reason for it. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's reasons for it um, that we may never really truly understand. Um, and I think we're going to get into the that whole film. Moment. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole film, right? And that's that's kind of the the, the, the whole thing. Well, Wolfie, um, the, can I, uh, can I, Wolfie, can I ask you actually, as someone who is you know involved in martial arts and and fighting and all that? Yeah. Is there any any reason that you could think of why they let's say dumbed down the action in this movie um well i mean i think that the main reason yeah. that they dumbed down the action was uh it could be uh kind of like a a metaphorical decision i believe and i want mm-hmm. to get into this a little bit later but i believe okay. that lana decided to kind of do this because his whole force push is the you know from her perspective Neo's force of love between him and Trinity, you know, <laughs> and and that's not a joke. That's wow. not a joke using because the binary that's not that's them. not it's using it's using the dyad, the matrix dyad, you know. Right, and right, I'll explain right. that in a second um, when, oh, when I go into everything. Uh, it's 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 it, it'll explain because the thing is so it is like dragon ball super it's like that, uh, that one character because we haven't you want to know why because we haven't decided which movie's worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh, i still i still go to rise of skywalker I, i'm sorry you know rise Ooh, of skywalker yeah. it, it was pretty pretty bad at least i could kind well, of watch this i think you know it's possible that like it while while the matrix resurrections doesn't seem that watchable i think when we discuss like underlying things uh regarding the production the making of the matrix and the whole nine the reason why it's even been made maybe it can get a little bit of a pass as opposed to, you know, Rise of Skywalker. But my most, I don't want to say my most hated scene, but the scene that like, that I want to see the least, the scene that I want to skip over the most is the montage. Um, You know, in screenwriting, it's called the fun and games montage. Um, The montage of, of like them deciding what they're going to do for this new sequel. And you just see like, this montage of, of, of a bunch of uh, young, hip, you know, like all these guys like congregating in a Google uh, headquarters style conference yeah. room, so to speak. And they're just throwing off ideas. Oh, okay. Okay. Like that scene is so cringeworthy for me that I just, I, I can't imagine wanting to see that scene at all at any point. Yeah. Like, I think that if you take that scene out, the the Matrix Resurrection Resurrections instantly bumps up three stars just that with that scene. scene out. That whole scene felt to me like a long, like Super Bowl commercial or something, like with white. Oh Rabbit, my god! Like mean, Jefferson Airplane, yeah, great song, like playing yeah, yeah. over it, and then the wonky attempts at humor was almost commercial. You're right. You're bad. right. You're right about that. You're right about that. Except that, like, at least with the Super Bowl commercial, you're getting something. <laughs> you yeah, know. but the Super Bowl commercial—that's um, what you expect, though. You expect it to be in that kind of vein, right? Yeah. Not in this movie. Oof. So, going back to the film, you know, uh, the biggest question that I have is why did it get made? You know, in the first place. My and and the reason I say that it's not—it's not that I th- that I thought that it shouldn't have gotten made because I've been wanting a Matrix Resurrections, you know, um, uh, sequel for for ages. I've even thought of like how I would write a sequel, like what things I would uh, do in the sequel, and so on and so forth. Um, but the the main the main thing that I want to know is is why it got made from Lana's perspective, not just from Warner Brothers' perspective. Because I initially felt that like after watching the movie, man, she obviously hated doing this movie. I don't know why she did it. If she didn't want to do it. It turns out she she did want to do this. She wanted to do this film because she looked at it as a, you know, self therapy for the loss of her parents. I was under the impression that she was forced to do the movie. She didn't want to do the movie in the whole nine. That's not the case at all. She was on board to do the movie and she felt that, you know, her parents died five weeks apart. Um, and part of the grieving process was her looking at Neo and Trinity as a representation of her parents. And she wanted to do this film to help her grieve the loss of her parents. 
um, and essentially, in a way, I guess, like bring them back together in this uh, Matrix uh, world, and and you know, kind of like you know, not accept that they're gone, so to speak. I mean, not I'm not trying to put words in her her mouth or anything, but it's just the way that it looks. Like it's like, hey, I want to make this film because I want to bring. If Neo is my dad and 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 Trinity's my mom, I need to find a way to bring them back together in some other realm. Um, and so not to be understanding, yeah, not to but, be insensitive, but yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't need to see the therapy on on film. I know? exactly, and and that and that's I think what's going on with like the whole therapy with the analysts and the whole nine. I I don't necessarily understand it. Um, but in a sense, it's kind of like the way I look at it, they, or she, she kind of got, it's like, she got all the bad ideas out of the way. So then hopefully we can actually get a good matrix in the future. I don't think they're going to make another one. At least not. I don't know. See, here's my thing. Maybe not right off the bat, but there's so I, much that's set up for a sequel. I, there is, but like I just have to say one thing. I kind of disagree with like the whole therapy on film being a bad thing. I think a lot of movies, I think most art actually is kind of like therapy put to a canvas. So I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. I, I don't disagree with that, but I think I think it neg- negatively affected this particular film. It did negatively yeah, affect no. this particular film. Perhaps, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing I don't think with, it's, your, with your statement. It, I don't think it's just a therapy thing about it. And and. When you speak to to Lana and Lily Wachowski years later after the the first Matrix film, they'll both tell you that it was a little bit of therapy on film in regards to their identity when it comes to the Matrix films. And you know, the, there's right. this, this thing about how Switch was originally conceived as a character that would swap genders in and out of the Matrix, and the studios didn't allow that. And that's the thing, right? Because you're you're you know, I haven't read this article, I haven't seen this, so that's kind of new context and new information for me, but. From what you're saying, Wolfie, about how it was, a th- you know, sort of therapy for Alana Wachowski, um, but it's still so so patently obvious that it wasn't entirely made on on her terms, right? This film, because Warner Brothers was attempting to, they had already rewritten scripts for over over many years. They had actively been trying to make the fourth movie. Uh, they had repeatedly offered it to Lana and Lily. Um, Lily completely said no. Lana said no multiple times before finally saying yes, I guess, for the reasons that you that you cited. But the other thing is um, I wanted to bring up very quickly, even in in it should have been a, like a harbinger of things to come because I played the the Matrix Awakens. Right. You guys have heard of that, like Unreal Engine five game that's on like PS5 and and Xbox mm-hmm. Series X, right? It's just yeah. it's just a tech mm-hmm. demo basically. But there's like it's an a open nice world. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's really cool. It's like shows you what Unreal Engine 5 can do and I'm excited about that for sure. But even in that tech demo, there are there are parts in the script and they got they got um, you know, Keanu Reeves and Carrie on Ma- Carrie on Moss to do the 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 voice acting even for the the, the game, right? For this tech demo. And there's comments about how studios are the worst and like the studio made us do this. And like Keanu's, Keanu Reeves's character, Neo, they're in the car and he's like, I thought we had total control over this. And like there's so many meta comments just like there are in the Matrix Resurrections about the studio made us do it. The studio made us do it. The studios are ruining it. The studios are terrible. So like, you know, I, I can definitely agree and i would love to see more about what you were talking about lana's other motivations in regards to her her parents and her grief but like the studios are absolutely involved in forcing her at least to make it at maybe at this point or like maybe sooner than she would have wanted to like something there but but the question is like how much of it is forced if they own the property right like if you own the property like you might not like the fact that i own the property for which you you know if you as the creator you might have you, you created the matrix and the whole nine, but if you sold the rights to the property to me, a company that's beholden to, you know, their shareholders and, and has a mandate to, you know, use all their IPs, you know, how much of it is, is, is it truly forced? I mean, I think that from, from a certain perspective, like Warner brothers didn't have to get Lana or, you know, Lily on board at all. They could have just said like, you know what? We own this. We're going to do this without you, you know? 
That was marketing um, for, them, for for Warner Brothers. That's the marketing angle because they're like, Matrix oh, we got one of the original creators, but they're getting one of the original yeah, creators like, but, back is still a good way to sell it. You it's, know? It's, a, it's, a, it's a really big thing. Yes, absolutely. But like they were so adamant on trying to get them involved, but they didn't need them involved they didn't no. they didn't need to they could have got they oh, could if they had gotten i'm just saying they had gotten beneficial a little bit it's little beneficial bit. but it's not it's i don't think it's consequential i think that warner brothers no, 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 i agree like i said the, you, know, you, yeah. you don't have to like harp on that like it's it does help a little bit i'm not saying that it's necessarily consequential it's just slightly beneficial on the studio's part that's all that's it like, so like, doesn't go beyond that <clears throat> um so um anyway um uh, so so anyway, I, I just wanted to like finish my point real quick. It's just that right. um, my 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 general point is that if if your move is to put out a bad product, maybe don't put out the product at all. You know, it's the way that I look yeah. at it. AJ, um, do, you, do you do you think this was a this was a a, a a deliberate attempt by Lana to make a bad product? out of spite or out of any other reasoning like it almost seems that way right yeah and that video that walt mentioned earlier really kind of like i knew there were certain things that were uh indicative of her willingness to okay i'm making this movie because warner brothers is kind of making me (laughs) like just just the the whole thing with um like the like one of the things that they pointed out in this video uh I'm so sorry I don't remember your name guy I wish I could give you creds um oh god bugs bugs yes. is the name yeah, of the character bugs. yeah in her introduction to morpheus she's like bugs like the bunny mhm aka symbolic warner brothers and what is symbolic warner brothers trying to do throughout the entire movie quote unquote resurrect neo ah you don't see the irony there oh, yeah that's interesting <laughs> i didn't think about that and that's- and there's also there's also another point that he made because um he he made the case that bugs bunny was like the the bugs i'm sorry not bugs bunny but yeah we can call it bugs bunny whatever yeah. But Bugs was supposedly the stand-in for WB, while Niobe was kind of like the Wachowskis in this moment. Because remember when she brought back Neo, you know, Bugs was all, you know, yay, we brought back Neo. And and Niobe was like, that's a terrible thing to do. (laughs) And so there are are a lot of instances within the movie itself where, you know, you have the obvious, right, where he's sitting down and speaking to... um, agent smith in his you know business meetings right well you know warner brothers made us do this you know they were going to do it one way or another but there's a lot of little instances within the film that are kind of like you know thrown about and i don't know if this is you know kind of monday morning quarterbacking this thing where you're looking at certain things and saying well you're now putting two and two together you know whether it makes sense or not but, you know, a lot of the arguments that he was making is very, very compelling, you know. Um, like I said, there was the Bugs reference. Was there another one that I think there was another one that he made? Um, well, the only th- other thing I can remember is, you know, those conference meetings. Right. The conference meetings where they're, where they're going Ugh. through it and stuff like that. But, you know, even even Agent Smith himself is is kind of like, you know, a, an F you to kind of like the original Agent Smith, because, <clears throat> you know, and again, this goes back to the whole, you know, he's a very good actor. But if you look at some of the, the way he he kind of treated Agent Smith, it is 180 percent different than the way Hugo Weaving treating it, treated the character, you know? And this version of Agent Smith is a little bit more, um, what's the word? He's not as serious, you know? Like, Agent, Agent Smith in the very first trilogy had a very clear purpose. He wanted to, he wanted to destroy the Matrix here, you know? And this one, Agent Smith is kind of like an agent of chaos, right? He's, and so like Loki, yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. It, it it 
there there are a lot of little things that kind of make you feel that Lana was not particularly happy in making this film. I'll I'll defend that a little bit and just say that it seemed that Jonathan Groff and playing Agent Smith there was a moment of realization, right? He was also kind of brainwashed and he didn't know that he was Agent Smith. He didn't know he was in the Matrix That's again. True. It's a little mm-hmm. bit flimsy, uh, but like I, I thought his portrayal of Agent Smith was actually not bad. I didn't think that was no. Bad. I yeah, did like him. I did like him. Yeah. Movie, you know. No. So, and like I just maybe it's just me. I really, really enjoy Jonathan Groff, though. I think he's a great actor. Mindhunter is one of my favorite shows, but yeah, you know, I mean, I thought he wasn't that bad. Um, I don't know. Did anybody else have any other thoughts about Agent Smith or the characters? Like Wolfie, what did you think about how his portrayal? Kind well, of- all right. So, so my my thing is, you know, for all the flaws that the original film had, mm-hmm. I I think that one thing that the original film did is that all the characters that they created, they did even even if the characters themselves have flaws, they they were so well performed and so well kind of designed. You know, uh, going back to the Merovingian, where you 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 don't necessarily, you know, like some of the you think some of the things that he says are silly, but he is a extremely indulgent character, indulgent in the way that he looks, the way that he dresses, and the things that he does, and the things that he says. They created that character in the most perfect, indulgent way. You know, Fishburne being uh, or Morpheus back then being the the the, the prophet acted and played and looked the part all the way through. And I think the same thing with Smith. Smith was such a, you know, Smith is supposed to represent the, uh, the, the, the opposite end of the spectrum to Neo, right? Um, Rigid, um, super rigid, very structured. uh, But, but, but the similarities between Neo and, um, and Smith are that they're both uh, compelled to to achieve their goals, you know, in in some form or fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what the that's they still try to do that with some of the characters in the in Resurrections, but I just don't think that they do it as clean as they did in the original trilogy, right? Because Smith in this film is still the exact opposite um of neo just on on the same spectrum but on the opposite end of the spectrum where they're both characters that were brainwashed into believing that they were these you know normal human beings or whatever um and then they realize that no we are actually you know enemies to some extent um just uh in a way they they share in the fact that they no longer want to be controlled by the matrix even though they are essentially mortal enemies so you know, um, that that's that's how I feel about the characters, you know, the difference between the original trilogy and the sequel. Well, the, the thing that's weird about, I guess, Smith's connection, now that you mention it, is that there are all these insinuations from Jonathan Groff in the movie as Agent Smith that there is still some deep connection between him and Neo, more from, you know, and, and Keanu Reeves' Neo character. But like there never is any real payoff in this film as to what that connection still is, right? Because the movie ends with the dyad, right? Like Wolfie said, between yeah. Trinity and and Neo, and they're like, you know, more powerful <laughs> the closer they, they are to each sorry, other. Guys. They're like weird magnets or something like that, I guess. That's how they yeah, get their power. Well, yeah. and it when, when like you said, well, like to your point, I I should say, Wolfie, like in the original movies in spite of how wrong some people might have said they they have they had gone and indeed like the last movie i wasn't a fan the middle movie's okay there was a clear connection between the reason for smith existing as opposed to the reason that neo existed in fact that was the resolution of the film and that's just not even in here it's just like hey here's agent smith and he's going to say a whole bunch of stuff and he's going to you know do a whole bunch of stuff and he's going to come in and save the day as like a deus ex machina at the end but like that's kind of it. I didn't really see a lot of purpose for for that in here. What about you, Walt? Well, I, I think we're we're kind of we're kind of hitting on a point here that um, maybe needs to be made, and we're not completely making it, you know. And and it's not our fault or, or whatever. But I think what what's going on here is the Matrix Resurrections to me kind of never felt like a Matrix movie. You know, I, I think 
you know, you can point, you right? can look at you can yeah. look at the I mean, the other three films, right? And as bad as maybe some of those last two films were, you know, maybe they weren't the greatest compared yeah. to the first one, but there was still a feel that you were still in the Matrix, right? That there was still um, a there was still elements that you can look at and say, okay, I'm watching a Matrix movie. In this particular film, you don't get that sense. You know, the the Matrix isn't heavily implied. And the themes that the trilogy was making, you're not even making them in this film because quite honestly, and again, I, I had to I hate to point to honest trailers, but the entire point of the movie is for Neo to hook up with Trinity. Yeah. And that was the entire there, point there, of the original trilogy, kind of, because it was the whole thing that the architect talked about, about love being the choice that Neo made that the previous ones did not. Yeah, but you but know we what? got there in a better way again, right? Yeah, it wasn't done as heavy-handed as this film did. I don't know did, about that. I know? think it was still heavy-handed, but I think like there was a better series of events to get us there. <laughs> this movie is just like, you know, he remembers her now. Chad's a, a total douche and is standing in the way. Chad's no longer in the way. Bullet time. And, and it's she funny. has powers at the end. Like because Ni- Niobe again makes the point, you're willing to destroy everything just to hook up with Trinity. Yeah. And he's basically like, well, uh yeah, you know. Yeah. So I I mean, I mean this uh, this yeah. does not feel like a Matrix film. I think that's probably you, one of the <laughs> biggest thing that that is kind of throwing us for a loop here. Would you say? Would you say that like ultimately that's what's wrong from your perspective? That's what's wrong with the Matrix with it with with this with this film. Yeah, like, that's is, one is, of do you think things, that that's yeah. what went that, wrong? Like, if you could pinpoint that, it to generally to see, generally it, something where you think like if you could just pinpoint it to one thing that you think this is why it doesn't work. But see, I think that's the frustrating part about this film because you know if you look at things individually there are things that work Good. right there are things right, that, are, that are that are really cool but when you mash them together and and look at it you know from from a further point of view everything falls apart and and the frustrating thing is that it's really hard to pinpoint one single thing because it just it, but it's I want like, you to try. I want I you to try. try. I, I want try. you to if you if can you can I, if you, can, if you can yeah, I start like, the proceeding so that we can we, let me start the because I think I can pinpoint one thing that's wrong. One well, well, it's not just one, that I want. I want I want everybody thing, to kind of give me an idea of thing, right. Yeah. Well, I just that's think what we didn't. That's what we you're didn't curious need about, this. Right? We didn't I just need want this particular thing. Yeah. So we didn't need this this story. No, hold on. This story. This story. Here's the here's the me. one thing that I think is the overarching problem with the film in the end and becomes the biggest problem. It's tone. That's the biggest problem with the movie. It's the tone of the film. And I don't think that there's a problem with it being different from the original Matrix movies. I think that that could have been great. It's like the difference between Alien and Aliens, right? Those movies are totally different. One's a horror movie, yeah. one's a sci- hard sci-fi movie. And, you know, the difference between all of the Aliens movies over time, you know, AJ, you're a huge fan of the Alien series, right? Yeah. The, to- the tone, tonal differences aren't necessarily a bad thing. It could have been but, really but interesting. Jose, but, like, hold on, 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 let me just finish my point. Let me just finish my point. Let me just, let me just make this point. Let me just make this point. Can I just finish this? Alien? And I'm almost done with it. Because, because, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just finish the point. I'm almost done. The, the In the end, the problem with the tone is that it's too silly. That's the issue. It's it's too silly, and it's trying to be too self-referential and meta. Those are the tonal problems. Yeah, That's not the I, issues that you see in like the Alien films. I I disagree with that on a, on a fundamental level, especially when you're 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 regard you're talking about Alien because Alien and Aliens still felt like they were in the same universe. They still right. the, you you can make the say the 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 argument that yeah. They went from a survival thing to an action movie with the second one. And but the the point is they were still set in a universe that was recognizable to the person that watched the first film. Well, this was totally the same universe at, too. They have they refer to the first movie in such it doesn't feel like specific yeah, but it doesn't, ways but it doesn't, it, that they're it trying feels to get like, you in that universe, but the tone no, is what keeps because, it from being in the same universe. No, 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 no. Be, because you know what? They they've they've 
basically in this film, they're basically mocking the first three films because you know what? They made it into that. a freaking video game. And so, you know, yeah. it, you're you're looking at it from a an out of body experience oh, with this film. Think about how the how the third oh, movie I, ends. I, 100%. Think about how the third movie ends. What does that matrix look like? Isn't it sunny and bright? And beautiful, yeah, but and uh, weird and looking. That's not, They're but, still but that's, in that universe. That's that's, but that's that was supposed to be the natural progression of the universe, according to Lana Wachowski. It's still in the universe, but when but when the hipsters start making fun I, of the original I'm Matrix not, movies and they start uh, acting silly you, and they start not, saying Matrix point, F with your head, that's those specific tonal moments are what break it. Because if if it stayed at least sort of tonally similar to the original movies where it wasn't trying to make fun of everything and there was some at least self-seriousness to the material, then then it would have hit a lot better. You didn't need all the same martial arts as the original movies. You could have had fun with some of the ideas of like people turning into zombies. Some of like like we said, some of these things could have been interesting, but they were executed in a way tonally that was silly, just like Neo over and over again using the force push. That could have been cool to see a couple of times. But they did it a million times, and it started to get silly. That's just my, my reason why I think I the mean, tone is what breaks it. But I mean, what do you guys think? Like, what about you, Wolfie? Like, do you do you agree with Walt? Do you think that? I mean, like, I do agree with Walt because I think that it's not just tone is tone is a problem. But I don't think that like I think that there's a very big difference between the tone of the film mm-hmm. and the feeling like this is a Matrix film. You know, it's just like the things that make the Matrix feel like the Matrix is while you can have a certain tone of the film, like this is the message that we're trying to get across, uh, what makes the Matrix, and Walt, correct me if I'm wrong, but what makes the Matrix feel like the Matrix is, uh, you know, <clears throat> not just the colorful world that's that, that, that we were left with in, uh, in, in, in the last, in the third Matrix um, in Revolutions, but the, the, the motivations, the heavy-handed philosophy, um, the you know the the feeling that there is some grand you know calling, as opposed to I just need to go get my girl back. That might know? be yeah. part and, of the problem, and, and, and too, it's not, right? Because like Lana Lana Wachowski is is kind of mad at at us, and I will say specifically us, and also the collective us for trying to tell her what the Matrix is about. I mean, I think that's fairly apparent too in this film, right? It's like no, 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 the Matrix is not about it, what but, anybody but, thinks it's about. It's what I say it's about, right? I think that's a yeah, but that's 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 I think that's like in a, in a, in in a way, like I understand that you know you you know this is your baby, you created it and stuff like that, but. This is these are the movies that you created and gave us, and all we can do is interpret them, and not just interpret them, but like read exactly what. Like for example, this film, uh, it it's it's telling us, it's essentially what I think. I mean, if, if I'm going to go into my point, it's what I think is what went wrong is that Lana decided to completely deconstruct the legacy that they created in the first three films. Yeah. They completely deconstructed everything that we love about the Matrix and said, you're dumb for enjoying and wanting and loving that original trilogy. And I think that that's almost like a slap to the face to to the viewers that that you're supposed to be have that you created these films for, you know, and I understand, Okay, you don't want to make this film or you're making it as a therapy. You're making it as a therapy session for yourself, whatever the case may be. If you're going to also destroy the reason people are so excited to see your fourth installment, then don't make the film. You know, I think that's kind because of that's- part of the problem too, right? Because the deconstruction of the original Matrix movies could have been interesting. I think we all kind of agree that I don't think so. Been- I, I like it, like yeah, while it could have been yeah. interesting, I don't think that like I think that that's the deconstruction in a mean a- way is bad, but like like that the way that they that she did it, where it's making fun of us for liking it, but like. Why, what's, I don't know if there's anything inherently wrong with deconstructing the philosophy of the film in order to make this one. Well, so the thing that. is that when you create a mythos, however you create the mythos, if you like, you know, whatever story, if you're going to create a story that you've given to the, uh, you know, the, to the human population, the society, the, the ether, you create a story that's, that's beloved and cherished and has changed so many people's lives. Um, in, in a positive way, 
you'll be doing a disservice to all those people that have invested a lot of their time in their life, you know, to those stories by then deconstructing it. Well, hold on. Hold on. I, I, I want to ask AJ and Walt's opinion on this because I think that that's, again, not the right way to look at this. Deconstruction itself is not I mean, not it doesn't matter thing. like what the right or the wrong way is. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Think, think about it this I way. It. I want you to just think about it this way though, right? I mean, you're right. It is how, in how you look at it. But I'm curious to see what Walt and AJ think about this because deconstruction, I think, can be a fabulous thing. Think about the Knights of the Old Republic games. Old Republic games. Think about The Last Jedi. Those are deconstructions of Star Wars. And Zack we, Snyder. We enjoyed those quite a bit. We enjoyed those quite a bit because of their deconstructions of Star Wars. But they didn't destroy it's not the, the inheritance. They didn't look at the original. Well, that, yeah, that's the, the difference. They, You're talking about destroying, it. not deconstructing. Those are two different things. A deconstruction and breaking apart of the philosophy and a, a deeper looking, a deeper look into the philosophy and the themes is great. Uh, when you say this philosophy, these themes that you think exist in, in this movie are wrong and you're dumb. That's the inherent difference. In so I will say deconstruct and destroy that. Right? How about that? Right. Deconstruct right? You know, you know, just Because I like the idea of the, of the meta-ness of this film. I thought that that could have been super interesting. And that's a deconstruction of the original. It was done horribly, though. That's the thing, right? It was, it was done it was badly. Done horribly. But it could have been you know, done really it, well, I think. It's funny. It's funny because, you know, we should have seen this coming. And somebody did. The reason I say this, the, the, well, the reason I say that, what was our reaction after seeing the first trailer for Resurrections, right? I remember it vividly. I said, this doesn't feel like the, the Matrix. Yeah, yeah right? you did say I, that. You did say that. You know, <laughs> it, it, it felt totally different. So, you know, bully on us for not realizing that was what was going to happen because she gave it to us straight up on the first trailer. She was like, this is not going to be the Matrix that you're used to. Yeah. And and you know what? I think a lot of it, again, you know, it just doesn't feel like the Matrix. Um, it, it just, we should have known that this was coming. AJ, what do you think? Jump in because we haven't heard from you in a bit. Uh, yeah, I think that there, I, I agree. There's a very fundamental difference between the original trilogy and what this is supposed to be like. At least with the originals, you felt the sense of something epic. Like, you know, there was a grandeur about it. This was just like, okay, here's the world. You're in the world. Let's see where this world goes. Nobody died. And I, I didn't I didn't like that. No stakes. Nobody died. Right? <laughs> yeah, that there was that too. Um that, that didn't help, uh, I don't think. You know, I, I, I think to what AJ is saying, I think, you know, and what you guys are saying also, and AJ, correct me if I'm wrong, I think deconstructing the Matrix would have worked if you started at a point where you felt like you were in the Matrix, you know, like yeah. you were, you were like if the first half of the movie put you in that that world and then slowly you started seeing them peeling away the layers, right? I think that's where you get a better sense of how you move forward within the matrix and telling a brand new story. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, you know, um, again, it, it just comes to, are you going to use a scalpel or are you going to use a hammer? And they definitely went with the hammer. They went with a jackhammer. I feel like <laughs> yeah, they really a sledgehammer. And I think it's too, too jarring. You know, that's the, yeah. the issue. Uh, there was there was a sort of a funny video I want to mention real quick. Um, I think you have you guys ever seen those videos? Uh, I can't remember the channel. Pitch meeting where they show like a, a goofy like exchange no. between two characters on pitch me meetings for movies. And they always kind of point out the the weird inconsistencies. There's a part where the the guy is talking to the to the other character. And he's like, um, so yeah, like there was this, you know, civil war between the machines and they decided to help out humanity and like humanity decided to move into this new city. And there was this crazy conflict between all of the robots. And the other guy goes like, wow, that would have been a good movie, right? And the guy goes back to him like, yeah. So anyway, this movie, it's like kind of, <laughs> it kind of felt like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they could have done between this movie uh, and and between three and four in in the lead up, there's so much interesting stuff that probably happened in the lore. But I guess they couldn't have done the same thing that they did in the Matrix, where they kind of had this reveal that they're in the Matrix again, and none of it is real. If we had seen that civil war between the machines, 
And that's but we didn't even see we didn't even see how the treaty was was broken. Right. That's what I'm saying. You like know, I would have yeah, loved to have just, seen they that. just went and said, Oh yeah, well, you know? we didn't honor it. So and, the, and that, that video makes that point. <clears throat> I would have liked to have seen that and they just kind of yeah. skipped over that in order well, to again, have this that is why I say that there's like rehash uh, of the original. Yeah. I think this is why this is why I say that like there is gonna be, you know, a whole nother trilogy that might be even coming out of this because no. there no 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 <laughs> hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Okay. There has there they left so many open ended loopholes that you you kind of almost don't have a choice. Like they they created a bunch of storylines um that are not you know finished at all, you know. Smith is still on the loose at the end of the Matrix. Uh, what exactly is Neo and Trinity's new vision for the world in the Matrix? Uh, the, the you know obviously IO can still be you know threatened by the machines and still the machine right. civil war. Who are mm-hmm. the suits you know exactly in the Matrix? Because if if we have now uh, Neo Patrick Harris the analyst, he is considered the suits. Then who 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 are they? Like who do they represent? Are they something completely separate from the faction in the machines, or are they still part of the machines? The 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 faction of the machines that are still against humanity. Yeah. Who's are they ball? still part of that faction? Right? Is it still? Is you know, we have so Sanders? many. There's so many there? things that were. There's so many things that were that were left open ended. That I think that what this like I said in the beginning. I feel like, okay, we got this film. We got like all the bad ideas out of the way now, now, but there's enough story there to give us a proper matrix sequel. That's the way that okay, I, well, here, here's, here's the problem. Yeah. I don't care. No, no, no. Well, here's the bigger I, problem. You don't, I here's, you don't here's care. the bigger problem. Nobody cares because this movie's made $125 exactly. million off a $190 million budget. This might just be like one of those things where if they make another one, Warner Brothers will be like, here's fifty million dollars, and it's going to be like a complete uh, trash heap. One hundred twenty-five million. I know it's COVID times, but it probably didn't drive people to to HBO Max either to watch this. Listen, film, sometimes, right? sometimes you got to make money. Budget though, away, you know. Sometimes when you take budget away, it focuses it it, it forces you to focus on story. Sure. So that might not be a bad thing. That's true. You know, yeah. that's true. I mean, but but again, like I think that like coming out around, you know, No Way Home was a bad idea. Yeah. Coming out around the winter is a bad idea because winter is where movies really do go to die. It's usually where indies come out. Um, you know, MCU notwithstanding. Uh usually in the winter is when all the indies come out because nobody really goes to the film. So a lot of these studios they save the big budget blockbuster movies for blockbuster season for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um maybe Warner Brothers knew they saw the film and they were like, We can't release this in the summer blockbuster. <laughs> That's possible. Maybe they were like, We need to release this a, a, a very much so just like uh just like Dark Phoenix, mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, we have to release this like in some time where it can just go away. Maybe, you know, um, maybe, it yeah. could have been a possible business decision. But it, we've dedicated more than, like about 47, well, not about exactly 47 minutes to bashing the movie. Is there anything that went right? Can you guys pinpoint or say or give me something that you think went right with the film? The credits? Uh, <laughs> no, come on. I want you to seriously. It, it, no. Like, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because the thing is that, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think that we all found some things. That there, there's something in there. Like, it's 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 not a diamond in the rough per se, but there's some sort of shiny mineral in there or small minerals. You in know, there. it's like for me, kind of like um, it's a a potential problem because I th- saw more potential. I think the movie. We all knew he was in the Matrix again, right? So I thought that the movie could have had more fun in the Matrix with the idea of messing with us and messing with Neo, whereas, like, is he really mentally ill? Were the movies really just a video game? Is he in the Matrix? I think spending more time with that kind of mental struggle would have been fun because I like those scenes. I thought Neo... Or excuse me, I thought Keanu Reeves was playing that struggle pretty well. I thought he was funny and like yeah. pretty good in the role. Like even that comment that he made where where he was like, so either I'm having a mental breakdown again 
or I'm being controlled by a you know, machine world or whatever it was, the, the specific line when he was in therapy with, with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. And, you know, cause and that's why the, the, the final scene, like I said earlier, disappointed me so much because Neil Patrick Harris's character as the therapist was actually somewhat interesting before he was revealed as the film's ultimate villain, I think. So I, I think it was a misstep to make him the villain. I thought that there was something fun there. Um, I thought that, and I also thought, and, and then I'll pass it on to someone else to give some thoughts. I thought that the idea of Yaha Abdul-Mateen being a new version of Morpheus could have been way more dope because I thought that the, the initial execution of it was very interesting. I feel like it's it's kind of a cool idea that um, Neo would kind of create a lifeboat unconsciously, right, in creating this Morpheus in order to lead somebody back to him and help free him again. And like the idea of Morpheus being an amalgam of Agent Smith also and learning how to become Morpheus again through those two different personalities was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and there's a couple other things that I enjoy, but I'm going to pass the, the the torch to somebody else to give some thoughts. Uh, what about you, AJ? What, is there anything that you liked about the movie? Because you haven't said a single word about anything that you enjoyed at all. Well, <laughs> it's like you said. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. I kind of like that whole, did he... That, that whole mental breakdown thing with Neo. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, again, highlight for me was just Smith's performance. Like, I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that I think I liked, which now I'm struggling to remember, and I'm not even being ironic, I'm actually struggling to remember. Um, God. Oh, the the machine, the the, stuff, the 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 conflict with the machines. Like, I kind of liked that idea that instead of them just going, "Oh, we're gonna have a so," well, I I like that the machines don't have as much the idea that they don't have as much of a uniformity that we initially thought they did. Yeah, like. Once the food started getting dry, okay, I I did not expect them to start like fighting each other, so that that was interesting, and then to see from that the further divide that there were machines that were actually like, you know, maybe we should go vegan. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually kind of interesting. I will give the movie that vegan vegan machines. That's a good way to put it. I think, yeah. I, I think I think that like as far as for me, um, some of the things that it did well was create, um, you know, create the well. Actually, to to, to kind of piggyback onto uh, AJ's point, yeah, I, I I really like the idea of creating that dissension and conflict within the machines because that's something that we didn't have before, and I really would have liked to have seen them explored this time. Where like. Like yeah, the decisions that they make at the end, they made at the end of the Matrix, from the machine standpoint, it was beneficial to the humans. But we don't know what conflicts might have arisen from there, and and I would have liked to see that more, um, that hashed out a little bit more. And uh, so I feel, I, I think that 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 was done well. I think that uh, um, the idea of showing that. Neo's original sacrifice wasn't for nothing, that it did create a, a, a better world, so to speak. It's just it's just that just because you create a better world doesn't mean that conflict will doesn't automatically arise. Um, so I, I think that there were a lot of little things that were done well. Uh, I do really like uh, Abdul-Mateen as, um, as yes. Morpheus. I like the idea of Morpheus essentially being a, a a fusion of uh you know a well actually this goes to to one of the big things that i really like it's the the cooperation between machines and the humans mm. you know i really one of my favorite moments in the film was when neo first saw these like mini animalistic sentinels and the the machines they didn't they weren't just machines you could see that they had an actual they had feelings and they sensed the connection with neo they too revered Neo, 
um, and would sacrifice themselves for Neo. And I loved seeing that. I loved seeing um, the machines having uh, essentially, you know, in, in for lack of a better term, souls. Um, and uh, I think that that set, uh, would set up a, a really wonderful world where we would see machines sacrificing themselves, um, you know, in the future. And I could see, you know, in a future expansion of the Matrix, this Morpheus actually sacrificing himself for Neo, you know, because he's a machine and he's not just like this human character. Um, and I, and one of the things that I thought that they did really well with him is that they made him more machine than they made him human in the sense that he, he, he was very rough with Neo in his, in his, in, in his interactions and stuff. And he was showing that like, you know, I'm not a human and I'm not, I'm not with the machines either, but I'm my own, I'm a machine that has their own true, sentient ideas and i really like that i don't so. think anybody had more fun on this on this film than yaha yaya abdul mateen he looked like he probably because he was a lot of fun. he was he was he was lana's direct uh representation of the film all he did was poke fun at the original at the original trilogy <laughs> like this that blah 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 red pill blue pill you know like <laughs> and that's kind of what i hated God. so much is like we we I mean there's an actual matrix religion out there, you know, called matrixism. I mean, I think it's ridiculous, but that's that's how strong that original film was. And now it's like, you know, we, we like memes and it, even in jujitsu it's like if you're a guard pull or a takedown, which aren't you? Like red pill, blue pill. Like we use it in, in, in many different ways and now it's now it's just a joke. You know? So but anyway, we're talking about good things, not bad things. So, uh, well, anything? I mean, I mean, I know that you said the credits. We already got AJ's and Walt and, and, and everyone's opinion. But anything else that we want to add? Yeah, I, I, w- I was kidding about the credits. It wasn't as bad as <laughs> as um, as some other films are out there. Um, as a Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Um, one interesting thing that I, we're talking about Yahya Abdul Mateen's character at the very beginning, they referenced him as Agent Smith, which yeah. I found yeah. very, very yeah. interesting. Um, and they never went back to it. You know, I, I I wanted to find out why they were referencing him in that fashion. Um, was it a fu to Morpheus in one night? I I don't know. Um, his take on Morpheus was definitely interesting. And, and I, I vacillate between whether I, I like his take and whether I don't. Um, and for right now, I'm kind of cool with the way he did it because you know, it was, it was a, he is the one guy in the entire film that had really his own different take on the character. And Jonathan Groff did also and whatnot, but that, you know, that's we won't get into that. We've already, I've already said how I liked his character. Um, to piggyback on something that I didn't like, but I did like at the beginning, I liked the interaction between at the very beginning between Neo and Morpheus. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that Morpheus wasn't holding his hand. I liked the fact that Morpheus was like, "Dude, we've done this already before. You just get with the program and let's let's go." You know, you're wasting my time with this whole existential type of thing. Just take the damn pill and let's move on, right? Um, and I like that little scene in that dojo by the lake. Yeah. And, and again, those are the things that, while I, I like that and I like the choreography to that, that's the thing that drives me nuts in later in the film because we never got back to that level of, of accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With that, with that thing. You know, um, I don't know if Yahya Abdul-Mutin is an accomplished martial artist, and maybe there was a stand-in for him, but a lot of the... He was doing that wushu kung fu style, right? He was doing, actually, it was a mix between kung fu and capoeira, which is really Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's true, that's true. And and so I I like that whole thing. I like that particular scene, how they, they did that fight, and... It was kind of reminiscent of the first interaction that they had when they went into the fight sequence in the first movie where it's like, you're better than this, right? And yeah. he had to kind of shake. He's trying to, he's trying to wake him up. He's trying to right, wake exactly. up the inner Neo. He's trying to wake up Neo from Thomas Anderson. 
Exactly. So and, I, I and like just, that real, piece right Real now. quick on the fight choreography, just because I wanted to bring it up way earlier when we were talking about fight choreography. I actually thought that the fight between Neo and the new Smith, I thought that fight was good, even though it was in a lot of ways a mirror of the final fight between them yeah. and the original Matrix. I thought the choreography in that was pretty good. Yeah, it just and, sucks and that that was the last fight that we got. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the frustrating part, you know. Um, and, and the other thing, waiting for uh trinity to wake up two hours into the film <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know um oh, but there's the, like i said there are little moments that i can appreciate from the film it just you know in the grander scheme of things it, it makes it difficult when you're trying to piece them together because they don't work you know but i but again there were some things i like yeah. Just putting it out there. Think, there um, some things I like. You just kind of asked. I just want to mention. I think that it was the the reason that he was kind of Agent Smith. Also, is that Neo was trying to kind of introduce both of his mentors in a sense because Morpheus was like a mentor to him, and I think Agent Smith was like a mentor to him as well. If you if you look at the original trilogy, they were kind of mentoring each other on like how to how to how to get their goals i guess in the original film so i think that there was a part of that maybe in in why he was written to be smith morpheus or morpheus smith or whatever that is um i i got i got to ask a random question why was christina ricci in this movie do you guys remember she was in the movie for like like 30 seconds in that one scene yeah and the part that i hated the most I, she was the best part of the part that i hated yeah. the most but why you know, get such I, a, I a top billed actor to be in a movie for 30 uh, seconds you said there was someone from doctor who but oh yeah who was a, there was a, a a girl from doctor who in that in that meaning also oh nora nora jones or smith I character yes in I, doctor who i don't know I, whatever hmm. right. it, it's just rando rando appearances that people just jumped in and like hey but then also you had chad stahelski yeah chad chad stahelski yeah. would just be uh that was a good but part. that wasn't that wasn't that that wasn't that random that wasn't that random because he was actually reeves as a stunt double in the first film yeah and he's the director oh, okay. of all the john wick films yeah. right like well yeah been, i mean i think that, that just while, happens to be i think that that just happens to be like a coincidence, although before when it was first announced, before we even got the trailer, I thought that like, what if? Because John Wick Four was supposed to come out of the same day, yes. and I was like, and I, I was like, that. oh my god, what if John Wick Four is the new Matrix? What if that is the Matrix? Which that been actually would have made sense in a way. That would have been that would have really made dope. sense. You know what would have been cool? Like somebody, somebody had this theory. If they had gone in this direction, it was similar to the direction that that they went. Um, I think it was Film Theory, the YouTube channel that that said it would be really cool if in this movie, Neo was Keanu Reeves, the actor who played who played <laughs> Neo, I don't, Neo I don't, I don't in the original. But that would that would tie it to John Wick if you think about it. That could be like oh, this sense, guy that actually plays all these characters, better. but he's actually you know what would have been better. You know what would have been better if the John Wick movies were actually the video game that Thomas Anderson created. That would have been a cool little Easter egg too. You know yeah, I mean? that would have been yeah. really cool. I want to mention one more thing that I liked about this movie that was sad to me because it's once again poor. Like the really talented actor Jessica Henwick is an awesome character stuck in a bad property, just like she was in Iron Fist. Bugs, I thought Bugs was actually a pretty good character, and her martial arts skills are pretty pretty dope, especially when you guys I'm like. Singular. What's that? No, I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm a singular. I like I'm, I'm the singled out person because I actually liked Iron Fist. You like well, you, the first season was was not great. The second season was better, I think. But like her character, I think was universally loved from that show. And like yeah, you yeah. know, she was yeah. one of the the high points. And it's unfortunate to me that a good actor and and a good character kind of gets wasted again in this film. Even though like, well, you know, yeah, I guess gets wasted because of what AJ said, right? That she's like the the standard for WB. It's like oh, that's just. That's almost not fair. You know why she made the film, right? Why she made the film? The actor, yeah, why the she she was she had a choice. What do you? She had a choice between roles. Between this and what? And and playing a a, a character in Shang Chi. Oh, really? Oh man! What? No, but but listen, she thought you would probably get the star the star billing from this one though, right? Because she was one of the top no 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 no. That's not the reason why she did it. The reason why she chose Resurrections over Shang-Chi was she's still hopeful that she can play the character that she played in 
um oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Iron Fist. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, oh, if she may if she true. went into Shang-Chi as another character, then he can't right, exactly. Yeah. So I that's see. the reason why she ended up going into the Matrix Resurrections. And so, so super random thing about Jessica Henwick very quickly. Do you know that she also did not know martial arts before Iron Fist, just like the main character? Just like uh Finn Yeah, Finn. I believe she's they, uh, they both learned. Uh, yeah. That's she, pretty she amazing. She has like a dancing background. That's pretty amazing when you think about it, though, because everybody was talking about how Finn Jones just didn't get it and she was in the same boat and she was so good at it. But like Wolfie said, well, it's probably you know the what? dancing background. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was about to say that dancing, dancing kind of helps. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. All right. So. All right. Anyway, all right. So that's I think uh, that that pretty much sums it up. Uh, we we definitely harped quite a bit on what we all thought went wrong. Uh, but you know, there's a few there's a few good things that quite roughly came out of the movie. Um, I do still think that anybody that's you know anybody in the Matrix or, or or has any kind of emotional investment into the the films should still watch this, even though we're telling you it's a bad movie, but you should still watch it because it does, it does sort of, and agree, disagree. It does expand the lore. You know, it is, it is part of it. So you kind of, for better or worse, have to watch it. I'm just, you know, kind of like well, Star Wars. It I'm, to stop I'm fascinated by what it tried to do. Honestly, that's why I wanted to have this conversation. Do we? Do we? Do we so, even go as far as rating this movie? I'm no, 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 no. I'm curious. There's no reason though. to rate it. We talk about it <laughs> offline. Like, do you? Like, I want to know what y'all rate this film. We don't have to put this on the podcast, but I'm curious about that. We'll, we'll, we'll move. Uh, on I mean, so is our next episode what went wrong with Boba Fett? Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> first of all the show's not done yet and second of all it's one episode that's a little bit above mediocre if you go it's one episode because the first two episodes were good so i don't want to hear it okay the first two episodes are really good the third episode is just above average if you go by online reviews rating and my own personal take so leave your cynicism for the positively cynical podcast if you want that's mine you can come talk about it on my podcast if you want uh, Jesus! That I, we just gave you a sample of the, our next episode, right? <laughs> uh, yo, I'm gonna come guns a blazing, okay? Gonna come guns a blazing. I think we should save that for the end of the season because that'll be no, the no. Epic, I'm, I'm kidding. Battle of all time. I figured that was a good a good way to end this podcast. That's just why. throwing uh, Boba Fett a little ha. shade. It's gonna be so epic. Ha. I made up a word, epicist. All right. Uh, let's close this one out then. As Walt said at the jump, the best way to support your favorite podcasts, because we got a few. We got the Get Geek podcast. We got the Cross Gen podcast. Check that out with Walt and the boys, AJ and Eli. We got the arena, brand new. You guys are on episode three now, right? This past week, uh, you'll be on episode four, Wolfie and Walt. Yeah, episode four coming up. Your dope sports podcast. And of course, myself with my self-plug, Positively Cynical Podcast. You can find them uh, where all your favorite podcasts are sold. You can check them out on all your favorite social media platforms, like, rate, share, and subscribe. And definitely check out Talons 55 Studios on Instagram, where you can find all of these podcasts of the information, all the posts, and all the social media stuff that you need for them. Thanks for joining us once again on another awesome episode of the Get Geek Podcast. And uh, stay geeky, my friends. Peace. Let it die. Oh, my God. I'm going to cut your legs off. Whoa.